It's dark as a dungeon And the sun seldom shines And I question Lord, why must this be? Then he tells me there's strength in my sorrow And there's victory in trials for me I want to preach on the phrase, they saw no man anymore save Jesus. They saw no man anymore save Jesus. Mark chapter 9, verse 2 through 8. It's in Matthew chapter 17. It's recorded in all three synoptics. It's the Mount of Transfiguration, they call it. The Mount of Transfiguration. There's a lot of mysteries about the Mount of Transfiguration. Number one, only three guys got to go. Peter, James, and John. What about the rest of them guys? What if you were one of the mother boys? You didn't get to go up. You didn't get to go up. Not everybody gets to go up. And, they, and the, after six days, Jesus takes with him Peter, James, and John. I just got to know human nature. You got to know that the rest of them boys were looking at each other and going, we don't get to go? I know Jesus and the three guys are going to go somewhere private. I'd have been jealous. I don't know about you, but I'd have been like really jealous about that whole deal. I said, why don't I get to go? But God does his choosing. And he leadeth them up to a high mountain apart themselves, and they were transfigured before them. And he was transfigured before them. And his remnant became shining, exceeding white as snow. And for you <laughs> southern folks who have never seen snow, you just have to imagine what that may look like. So no fuller on earth can white them. And there appeared unto him Elias and Moses, so Elijah and Moses. And they were talking with Jesus. That's, that's amazing. And Peter answered and said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Yep, that's true. Let us make three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, one for Elijah, Elias. That was not good. For he was not what, what to say, for they were sore afraid. There was a cloud that overshadowed them, came and overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son, and in the other parallel passages, hear ye him, hear him. And suddenly when they had looked round about, and this is the phrase I'm kicking off on, they saw no man anymore save Jesus only with themselves. It's a great blessing to be saved. Man, I don't think Christians ought to ever walk around, poor me, poor me, you know, I've given up so much for Jesus. You haven't given up. Yeah, here's what you've given up for Jesus, heartache. Here's what you've given up for Jesus. You got to stay married. Uh, here's what you've given up for Jesus. Uh, you're, you're not, you don't have a bunch of DWIs or DUIs on your record. Uh, here's what you've given up for Jesus. You're not addicted to cocaine or addicted to uh, uh, weed or addicted to any of that other stuff. You know, you're, you're not addicted to oxycodone, by the grace of God. You haven't given up anything for Jesus. 
Man, the things of this world are nothing. They have everything has a hook in them. Everything has to pay, and it pays heavy. Sin will take you further than you want to go, cost you more than you want to pay, and keep you longer than you want to stay. That little poem, boy, that's so true. And so choosing Jesus is a blessing, brother. It's a blessing to be. Uh, think of the countless people that hear so little about Jesus, have so little access to the Bible, have so little access to the preaching of the Bible. They won't, they won't avail themselves to the preaching of the Bible, have so little access to Christian home, maybe no Christian home or no Christian influence, very little or no Christian teaching. If you're here tonight, you're deeply blessed. Uh, that's no brag. Remember the old show? That's no brag, just fact. That old boy used to, they said, well, we heard you're fast with a gun. He said, his line was, no brag, just fact. I'm still alive. And so Peter, James, and John, three of the 12, got to go up to the mountain. I don't know why. Only God chooses what he does. They enjoyed high privilege over the others. But they would lead the others when they came back down from the mountain. They would lead the others. Uh, these were, I'm going to call them executive officers. They were the CEOs of the coming church, Peter, James, and John. It was vital that they learn what Jesus had to teach them on the mountain because Trust me, God is a utilitarian. Nothing's going on in your life that he's not trying to teach you something eternal. He's not wasting your time. Trust me when I tell you, you're not idling. You may think I'm, you're, I'm idling. You're not idling. You're either going up or down. You know? You're either going up towards God and growing, or you're backsliding and going backwards. I've had people tell me on a regular basis, I'm backslid, brother. Well, one nice thing about backsliding is you can front slide. You know, you can go, you can come back home by the grace of God if you realize it. Um, it was vital to learn what they what they what he taught them. God has a purpose. I, I don't believe there's any missteps with God, any mistakes with God, any flub ups with God. Can you all hear me okay, everybody? Does it sound good tonight? God is, God is allowing these things in life to happen because somehow or another you need to learn what these things bring to you. Now, some of you are getting elderly. And as you get old, there's a whole new set of tests that you're being exposed to. Brand new tests. Think of Bill Henthorn. Patty, he had Patty in his right hand, right arm all that time, and it really, the men ought to die before the women, but it doesn't work out. Bill, God left Bill here because there's a purpose for what God's doing. Patty, evidently, was she got everything she needed, and she's gone. Bill, you and I need some work, or we wouldn't be here. I think when God's done with you, it's time to go home. He'll take you home when he needs you. He knows his servants. And, uh, but I think we need to get what we can get while we're here. Digest the spiritual nutrition that God brings us to us through the tests that he brings you. And they'll be fairly, I mean, is there anything new under the sun? No. The tests will be unique to you. You'll, at least you'll think they're unique, but there's a whole lot of other people going through them. Same thing with you, Brother Irvine. Brother Irvine, his wife healthy. His wife's his right hand. Now she's in heaven. Remember, she was ready to go, but you, you must need some more work, Brother. Uh, amen. It's the way it is. And what you're going through, you know, 
and you're going through some stuff. Anybody that anybody that loses a mate, uh, man, I'm just looking at you guys. Mike, Mike lost a mate. Wow, I don't know what that'd be like. Um, but he'll help you. He'll come to you. He's, he's, he's I know nothing's going to be wasted. After after a great blessing comes, or there will be a come a time of testing. We've just had a great revival time. Man, the Calvary Quartet was a blessing, raised us up towards heaven. We had uh, old Danny Weststone preached his heart out, raised us up towards heaven, and now expect possibly you get a little resistance. Uh, you know, you hope it's not from your own home, but uh, of your own household, but you're, you may get some resistance. Um they were on a spirit. I can tell you this about the about the Mount of Transfiguration. They were on a spiritual high. Wow! How would you like to be able to have seen that? They saw Moses. Man, I just like to see Moses. First of all, you're going to ask a question. It's a legit question. How did they know it was Moses? There's a theory around this that I've heard people postulate that we'll know each other. We'll know, we'll know even as we are known, that you'll not have to say, hey, I'm Mike tomorrow. I'll say, I know Mike. I know you're Mike. And it could be that God gives us that. It, it seemed like they had that. I don't, there's no record that they said, hey, what's your name again? Are you, he didn't, I don't think he had a name tag on like B, B, and T. You know, I work on my man. I think he had like, I'm Moses. I'm Elijah. Somehow they knew it. There's an inherent. Man, look, look. There's so many things in this little world we don't understand. I think there's going to be a few things in heaven we don't understand. <laughs> to try to make heaven like it is here on earth, I think it's a real mistake. I have not seen nor ear heard nor has it entered into the heart of man what God prepared for them that love him. I think it's so true. And, I, you know, 1 Corinthians 15 says resurrected body is going to be so different from the physical body that you couldn't even imagine the difference between the two. And... Uh, these are these are these uh, Moses and Elijah. Why were they there? Well, are these the two witnesses in the Book of Revelation? You know, it's going to be two. Some big things are going to happen in that seven-year period. First of all, you're going to have the two witnesses. The two witnesses are going to have power. Now they have power similar to the power that Moses had, and similar to the power Elijah had. That doesn't mean they aren't Moses and Elijah, but similar to that, they they have special power. They're going to preach. Also, God's going to use 144,000 virgin male Jews, 12,000 from each tribe. How does he know where the tribes are? I think he's got it figured out. He's going to use those, those 144,000 virgin male Jews to go preach everlasting gospel all over the world. And then he's going to use an angel flying through heaven proclaiming the everlasting gospel. Do you think God loves people? I mean, these are a bunch of people. Remember saying the rapture takes place, every saved person's out. Everybody left is unsaved. I believe immediately people will begin to get saved. And the Bible says at the end of the thing, the people that are saved during the tribulation period will be as the sand of the sea without number. And so I believe there's a lot of people saved in the trip period, but they're going to pay, many of those people are going to be beheaded because they're going to be persecuted. 
They will not be able to buy or sell because they're not going to take the mark of the beast. And because anybody that takes the mark of the beast cannot be saved from the foundation of the world, by the way. And so those people, but there's a group of really case-hardened people here on earth that do not and will not receive the gospel of Jesus Christ. And yet, he uses the two witnesses, the 144,000, and the angel flying through heaven proclaiming the everlasting gospel. He still does that. Plus, whoever gets saved telling other people about Christ. Brother, I can say one thing God's into evangelism. Can you be too radical into, I mean, radical meaning, can you be too excited about doing evangelism? I don't think so. Um, I don't think you can get overly pumped up about telling other people about Christ or passing gospel tracts out or about spreading these signs out in front of your yards or about putting, I don't think you can get too, you know, too overly pumped up about it. It's good. It's good. It's good. They were talking. I don't know what they were talking about. Um, but then the, I, I call it the Shekinah glory, the cloud. You know, when they dedicated the temple, the Shekinah glory, the cloud came and drove the priests out. They couldn't go in and do their work because the Shekinah glory, the cloud of God, comes in where they couldn't work. And this, this, I believe the same Shekinah glory cloud, when they began to talk about making tabernacles for Elijah and Moses, there was a completely wrong emphasis going on here. And that father, the father came in with this Shekinah glory and straightened that whole thing out. Now, this was, by the way, before the incarnation. Or not the incarnation. But it's before, it's, I believe this was Jesus as he was before the incarnation. That's what I want to say. In his glory with the father that he had. And they got to see a little of it, of who his essence the essence of who he was and what he was. When, he, when, he's, when, he's, when, he's, uh, when his whole countenance shown in the, as the strength of the sun in another place, in a parallel place, shown as the strength of the sun. When's the last time you tried to look at the sun? Don't do it. But if you try to look at the sun, you, you, you will just, and, and that's how bright this was. This wasn't just a little white. This was, this was the glory of God. God is light, by the way. They would need, why did he do this? That was pretty extreme. I think it's pretty extreme, the whole, the, whole, the whole transfiguration setup. Well, because extreme stuff sticks with us. I know about you. If, if buddy, you want me to remember you, something's got to happen. Usually some, some strange thing has to happen, as I told in Sunday school class. And so they needed to remember this event when they were being beaten. In the future, when they were being beaten in the future. When's the last time you were really beaten? I bet nobody in this room's been beaten like these people were beaten. That's just barbaric. And they, they I mean, they, you know, they, I, I was reading today about how they were trying to kill Paul. And it hadn't been for that, that centurion coming up there, they ceased beating Paul. And I got to think. <laughs> And then Paul gets up, talks to him. I'm thinking, man, you want tough. You want an early tough old boy. Because when they were beating him, the Bible says they were trying to kill him in the book of Acts there. They were trying to kill him. Well, I know enough about men know that when they're trying to kill somebody, they ain't just patty cake, patty cake, baker's man. They are kicking you in the head and kicking you in the ribs and hitting you and stomping on your head and trying to break your jaw and trying to... 
They're trying to kill you. And so here Paul gets up, and they carry him up on the steps, and he tells centurions, let me speak to him. I'm thinking, man, oh man, you're a tough old boy. Peter, James, and John were going to go through the same thing. James was killed, by the way, in Acts chapter 12 by Herod. I don't know why. It mystifies me that Jesus would invest so much in James. And then in Acts chapter 12, early on in the church, he would have James killed. Peter was the next guy to get killed, as you remember the story. Of course, Herod uh, didn't get to do that. The angel came and said, no, Peter's not going to get killed now. And all the soldiers, the eight soldiers, I think it was, that watched him were killed instead. Well, they needed this memory when they were being beaten in the future. They needed this memory when the the world counted them as trash and an off-scouring of mankind. And by the way, you and I need a a vision. Uh, We need a touch from God if we're to make it. Sadly, many miss this time of glory, this time of being touched by God because of their carnality. The other disciples missed it. I don't know why. But I tell you, it was something that they needed or they wouldn't have gotten it. We get so distracted or engrossed in this life, wrapped up in ourselves or whatever, and forget about Jesus, and we miss this great opportunity of fellowship. It is a great mistake putting anyone or anything above the Father's Son. I think that's one of the lessons of this. In verse 9, Master, it is good for us to be here. And, of course, he says, let us make those tabernacles. They were, I know they were shocked, confused. Their adrenaline was kicked in. They were remembering every little detail of what was going on. Peter just needed to say something. I mean, he didn't know what he said, the Bible said. He just said something. But in the process, God's teaching him a vital lifelong lesson that we also learn by having it recorded in the Bible. Because it by the way, you have to think through this. It didn't necessarily have to be recorded in the Bible. I mean, just because they were up there, didn't, uh, there was a lot of things they did with Jesus were not recorded in the Bible. In fact, most of what they did with Jesus was not recorded in the Bible. We can safely say that. And so, but yet this was. And I think one of the lessons is everything's about Jesus. It's not about Abraham. Everything's about Jesus. It's not about Moses. Everything's about Jesus. It's not about the angels. You know, there was a, uh, about 20 years ago, there was this angel thing going around where they told you to get in a dark room with a candle and, and mention some sort of a name, and then if the candle began to do this, I wouldn't do that if I was you. Had people come to church and say, hey, if you call this name out, there's a book going around. Now, folks, what you're doing is inviting a demon in. And let me say this about demons, it's like a relative, easy to get in, hard to get out. (laughs) You know, there's been a lot of songs, there's been a lot of songs, I'm not talking about you, brother. Um, There's been a lot of songs written about, everything's about Jesus. This whole thing we're doing is about Jesus. This ain't about an institution. This is not about a creed. This is not about, we have all of that, and it's all fine, but it's about Jesus. I think of all the songs. I sat down, I was sitting down when I was doing this, and I started just thinking real quickly off the top of my head. Let me give you some of what I thought. Jesus is the sweetest name I know. More, more about Jesus. 
more, more about Jesus. Jesus only. Jesus saves. All hail the power of Jesus' name. Crown him with many crowns. I have a friend in Jesus. I must tell Jesus. Jesus is all the world to me. On and on it could go. There's been thousands of songs written around Jesus. We don't sing about Moses. We don't sing about Elijah because it's about Jesus. It's not about them. That's good. They're good people. Hey, I hope I get to meet Abraham someday. I hope I get to meet Moses someday. I hope I get to meet Elijah. I'd love to talk with them, but it's about Jesus. And that's where they'd be too, by the way. It's all about Jesus, the Son of God, who came and shed his precious blood on Calvary and paid for your sin and mine. And we can sit here tonight justified by the grace of God, forgiven of all our sins. Now, you may have bad things going on in your life or trouble going on in your life, but if your sins are washed away, you're in good shape. You're in good shape tonight. Who knows what's going to happen in the future? Man, I don't know. I mean, you got you got more conspiracy theories on the Internet than you can shake a stick at. you got more doom and gloom. If you want some doom and gloom, get on the Internet. At the end of the world, they got a picture about 100 different ways, and none of them good. We already know how the world's going to end, amen? I think Peter also learned from, the, from going up to the Mount of Transfiguration the great care the Father has for his Son. This is my beloved son. Hear him. And he said in Matthew's version, in whom I am well pleased, in Matthew's version of this. I'm well pleased. When I read that, I say, Lord Jesus, is it possible that I could be pleasing in your sight? I want, to be, I, I want God to say that about me. I want to say, Bill Lytell, I'm well pleased with you. Wow, I'm just trying to get my staff to call me sweet, and I can't even do that. They ain't going to do it. They ain't going to do it. They tell me, well, I can't lie, preacher. You do about all kinds of other stuff. Oh, I have something through my mind right now. I should, man, I want to say that bad, but I can't do it. Because if I do, it'll be down to two weeks. Nobody, nobody is going to diminish the sun. We don't have to worry about that. Uh, No one's going to diminish what the son has done or said. Not in the long run. Why? Because the father wants him glorified, wants him lifted up. You're going to confess Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God, either now or later. The beautiful thing about being a Christian is we get to know Christ and we can confess him now voluntarily that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God in my life. You're not going to be forced down to the pavement by an angel uh, and have to say in confession at the, at the great white throne judgment, Jesus, your Lord, as it says in Philippians chapter 2, no, you don't want that. But think how many people, like going door to door. Um, who did I go door to door with? Oh, Frank Grail. Frank and I go door to door. You can't believe how many of them people don't believe. They didn't believe. I don't believe that stuff. I don't believe religion. I thought to myself, Frank and I went down the steps in that one house. We said, man, that old boy, it's going to be tough on him when he has to hit the pavement. And he's going to say, you know what? I met some weirdo. I was calling with uh, Neil Wallach. Remember that kid that you said you, he was an artist. Uh, uh, I think he, you know, 
colored the lines in or whatever. But I mean, he was an artist, and and that boy had the weirdest sense of religion. I mean, he was all over the board on what they. I don't even know if he knew. I'm not sure twice he could repeat what he believed. And, and I mean, he was all over the board. And I thought, boy, it's going to be tough on that boy when 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 his knees hit that gold pavement. And said Jesus, all this other stuff was garbage. You're lower. It'll be too late. Be too late. Peter, Peter, man, oh man, oh man. We need to quit listening to everything but Jesus and listen to Jesus. We need to get back in the Bible and get out of some of those novels. Oh, here I go. Novels. Now, my wife likes to read a lot. And she reads, she'll clip off a 600-page book, fiction book. Boom, she'll clip through that thing. But as her beloved husband, Kathy, are you here tonight? As your beloved husband, I look at her and say, now for every one of those fiction books, um, you're going to read a a solid theological book. Amen? Husbands, take, take a lead on that. It won't be popular, but it'll be good. No, I mean, she does. She grabs them, and she'll, she's right now reading The Pursuit of God again. I say, I want you to read that Pursuit of God. Okay, I'm going to read it again. And then you read that, that fluff book. But, uh, and then I got I to gotta watch her. I got to watch her. You know, I'm married to an Irish woman. You got to watch them. But um, Paul learned, Peter learned a solution of getting out of focus. Don't get out of focus. I like this verse. It says, they saw no man anymore but save Jesus only. And that hit me. Oh, may my focus in life be on Jesus. You know, you want to get into the wrong war. You want to think everything's politics and get now. I know we vote. We should vote. And you get over here on politics, but pretty soon when you get on politics, you don't get off of it. But you need to stay on focus on Jesus. That's your main focus. Jesus, Jesus. And what he's done. And then, yeah, go vote. You know, for a moment, go vote over here. But don't let your, don't, don't let your, don't, don't, don't make, don't make Fox News your, your number one, your number one view. Whatever you do, don't make CNN your view. But uh, don't, don't make, don't make Fox News even your view. Make, make Jesus the number one thing. Go down through your life and say, is Jesus my focus? Is Jesus the reason I get up in the morning? Is Jesus the reason I, I go and do what I do? And that's what you want to be able to say, yeah. You go to work in the morning. Yes, you go to work in the morning. You're supposed to because God said if you don't work, you shouldn't eat. God said if you don't support your family, you're worse than an infidel. God said you're supposed to go to work. But when you go to work on the job that he's allowed you to do, it's still for him. Be a plumber for Jesus. Uh, be a mechanic for Jesus. Uh, be, be, be whatever. Be a veterinarian for Jesus. Be a medical doctor for Jesus. I know you are. But it's all about Jesus, really. It's not about those professions. It's not because all that's going to be gone, right? The cloud's going to come over and say, hey, hey, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear ye him. And, of course, when you read the Bible, what are you doing? That's God talking to you. Man, will this solve a lot of problems. This solves a lot of problems. I like that old song we had a revival years ago. This old boy had a trumpet, and he used to play, Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. 
and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. In other words, as you focus on Jesus, the world gets dim. Now, you may, let me say this, do not let your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Jesus said, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you unto myself. And where I am, guess what? There will you be also. Now look, with that going for you, you should be un uh, unharmable almost, amen? Oh yeah, temporarily we get wounded, no doubt. But not long term. The born again Christian that's focusing on Jesus Christ, he doesn't get hurt too long. His focus comes back to where it ought to be. It may get, it may get knocked off a little bit. But brother, I wouldn't put anything or anyone even close to the Lord Jesus Christ. You get company come in to visit you, and, and there's church going on, you need to tell them. Would you like to come to church tonight? And they said, well, we don't do that. And I said, well, okay. Uh, my wife and I are going to go. We'll be back. The preacher's kind of long-winded, but we'll be back when he's done. And, and then uh, they'll say, but that's rude. I said, well, don't come visit. You got to ask your question, who's more important? Jesus? I'm going to let people know Jesus is number one. I'm not going to be rude to them. I'm not going to be mean to them. When they call and come and say, I want to come down, I'm going to say, look, folks, Jesus is with me, number one. He's number one. I'm putting him first. The great solution for the evils around us is focusing on the Lord Jesus Christ. They saw no man anymore save Jesus. Father, help us tonight. Give us wisdom from heaven. Help us to take the Mount of Transfiguration and what went on up there and and, and you're appearing to them. May we have it. May you just sometimes roll back a little curtain. We may be able to look in heaven once in a while. Let us see you high and lifted up, as Isaiah did. Let us see you in your glory. There's nothing wrong with it. Moses, he said, show me that glory. I, I believe it's legit. We're not looking for signs and wonders. You, see, you said the people that look after a sign are evil and adulterous generation and seek after a sign. We're not seeking a sign. But God in heaven, it's good. It's good to see your glory a little bit. Help us as we walk this, this way to keep focused on what's important, what's real. Father, there may be some here tonight going through some trials. In fact, really in a group like this, there's either people that have gone through a trial and are coming out, or they're fixing to go in a trial. One way or another, they're either in or out or going in. Father, we just pray that you'd help us to keep steady in the midst of the trouble. That we'd even be able to have the grace to say that we're blessed to have trouble that we endure hardness as a good soldier. Father, we just pray there may be some here tonight without Jesus as their Savior. If you don't know what it means to have salvation, 
If you don't know what it means to pillow your head at night and have the 100% confidence based on the Word of God that you know Christ is your Savior, why don't you? We're here for you. We'll help you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.